0: How we do it. H-W-D. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the most important podcast of your life. Get it. Strap in. Because we're going to talk about everything. Ups Mm -hmm. and downs, ins and outs. All All the great people I've crossed paths with. I'm going to bring them to you on this podcast. We're going to talk about all the things that bring us together. The hardships, the love, the difficult times that made us who we are, and how we're giving back important conversation. Let's get it together. How we doing? doing? Well, I guess the first question on everybody's mind is, why the heck do we need another podcast out in the world? And uh, (laughs) I've asked myself the same question enough times, I guess. But uh, listen, I'm 46 years old. I am a stay-at-home dad. I live in uh, suburban Philadelphia now for the last, i say, 14 months and uh, moved... With the family uh, and my fantastic wife, who is a an exceptional business lady, and uh, we took the dive as a family and moved from Columbus, Ohio, to Philadelphia. And previous to that, I had great time spending uh, years in the corporate world in Minneapolis, Minnesota. That's where I met my wife originally, and. Uh, And prior to that, you know, I'm from northern Wisconsin and uh, went to school out in New Hampshire and lived in New York City before 9-11 and uh, a little after 9-11. So lots of people that I've run across in my life that I call friends that are the kind of people that I would, uh, you know, gladly uh, sleep on their couch and uh, have made my life infinitely better. And... I think one of the important things to do as we get older is to appreciate, number one, the journey that we had from really where we started, you know, where a lot of us became friends and really close friends with some of those people in those college years and after college when you're really a young adult and you're on your own and you're making your own way and trying to figure it all out. And uh, your support system is, of course, your family, but, you know, your close friends, like the people that I ran across, were really, really close friends and ones I'd consider family. And a lot of these people have some incredible stories, um, not only of their lives, but you know where we had met and where they are now. And some of these stories are just incredible stories of business success, incredible stories of life success. But I just find it interesting on a lot of levels how Really, when we check in to feel, uh, you know, our emotions a little bit and check how we're doing, it's uh, it's important to go back and and count those blessings and see all the variables in your life that really helped contribute to where you are. And I think if you ask, you know, anyone where they are today based on where they thought they were going to be you know, 15 years, 20 years, 25 years ago, you know, that path always changes and there's always some kind of obstacle that's in front of them. And, uh, there's a great story behind that. And it's important for those stories to be shared. Number one, because you want your friends who have impacted you to impact more people the way that they affected you. And Some people in this podcast, um, again, it's a a new venture here. I do another podcast uh, regarding the Green Bay Packers with my friend uh, Eric Hagee. And uh, he's like a big brother to me. And it's a great avenue to not only connect with him, but to stay connected with a lot of other people. And number two, meet a bunch of new people. And so through that avenue, I've really kind of caught this bug and Uh, I started compiling a list of just how many great people I've crossed paths with in my life that I consider friends that are in just some incredible places in their lives. And the hardships are ones we can all learn from. I mean, think about it. There's not one of us out there that does not have the story... Of how you overcame something to get where you are today. How you've changed in the last 20, 30 years. Uh, At 46 years old, man, I am on a completely different path uh, than I thought my life would be taken. I come from a small business-owning family in northern Wisconsin. We were in the marine business, you know. We hustled for six months a year. Uh, my father was one of the hardest working you know, men that I had seen. You own a business, you're the first one there, last one to leave, and it's seven days a week. So I respect that. I respect a lot of the hustle, and I guess that's where I ultimately thought I was going to be. But right now I sit in a basement in Philadelphia in our house, and I'm recording a podcast because uh, right now I am a stay-at-home dad, and trying to be the best father and parent to raise two kids in a world right now that has a lot of curveballs being thrown at them. So um, one of the ways I'm taking pride in really that role is to uh, do these things, you know, to talk to other parents and, you know, where they're at in life. Did they expect to be where they're at in life? And really what's the focus of their life now is it the business is it family you know uh, is it church is it uh is it something that is selfless is it selfish how did that transition all come i mean we all have those transitions and stories and i think that's really what this one's going to be all about and so with that i would say Thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, giving me your time. I promise that I'm going to give 150% at bringing you some fantastic people that that you're going to learn something from and that have great stories and have overcome a lot to be where they are. So this first podcast, uh, you're going to meet a guy who I'm meeting for the first time and the quick story behind this is that I went to high school with a gentleman named Tom Alborn, and he served in the military. And, you know, as I got older, there was an instance that we ran into one another. And, uh, he hit me with, uh, the simplicity of the philosophy that is behind being the parent, um. Uh, and he he said something pretty powerful to me that, you know, I'll never forget and and when I thought about this podcast I thought this is Tom is a is a is a is a guy that has not only an incredible story but uh you know deserves a lot of my appreciation. So when I was looking for his contact information and looking at what he had done, uh, I I see that he was doing a business in northern Wisconsin in Woodruff and He's doing it with a uh, fellow by the name of Gary Engels. And what I found out was Gary is just a partner in a side business with Tom. And what he has is an exceptional business in small-town America, in northern Wisconsin, in Woodruff, Wisconsin, And it's called the Leadership Academy. And what struck me about Gary, number one, is why are you in Woodruff, Wisconsin, of all the places in the world, to be teaching jiu-jitsu and leadership skills and self-defense classes and really programs for children that... When I grew up in that town, exactly where that leadership academy is located, there used to be a grocery store, you know, and that's where we'd go and get our bubble gum, and if we had a dollar, we'd go and get a bag of chocolate chips, you know what I mean? Forget buying that Snicker bar. You know, a whole night's worth of chocolate chips in your bag for a buck, 85 cents at Beller's. Well, Gary is over there right now, and he's teaching kids not to eat chocolate chips and sit on their butts and wait for Friday night videos to come on. No. He's teaching them, really, skills that I found, and I'm sure you found, as you go through life, you know, kids are raised in, in all kinds of different environments, and I just remember the kids that i ran across that had the most confidence and the most discipline and not only their work but really how they ran their life you know very goal oriented kids education number 1 athletics number 2 but there was no second place in their in their minds and that's something that gary is bringing to the kids of northern wisconsin and when i was putting out this podcast schedule, Gary was not the first episode, but I went back and listened and he's he's just such a fascinating guy, but again, coming to Northern Wisconsin, he has Hoist Gracie of Gracie Jiu Jitsu coming on May 10th up to the Leadership Academy in Woodruff, Wisconsin. This is the kind of opportunity that as a child in a small town you never have and you're gonna find out with gary he is one of the you know 50 gracie jujitsu backed uh, academies out there and i just found the guy so fascinating and i i just felt this sounds so horseshoe it sounds a little phony but I just felt like so much pride that this guy went back to Woodruff Wisconsin and is taking care of not only the kids again the self defense classes the um the arms classes it's these are all very important for adults women children but I I just you know you can't help but think and go boy I Wouldn't that have been fun and needed for uh, especially the crew I hang out with in uh, grade school and high school? But Gary Ingalls, he is a fascinating man, and again, this one's coming out uh, late on the 3rd of May, so... If you're listening, I know family and friends up in northern Wisconsin, if you listen to this podcast, make sure you spread the word and get kids signed up for the event happening on May 10th at the Leadership Academy. Again, Hoist Gracie, Brazilian jiu-jitsu legend, is going to be there. Can grace your children with his presence, and, and I'll tell you what, they'll pick up lessons i'm sure they will uh, they will last a lifetime for him so make sure you go out and support the leadership academy in woodruff and follow gary Ingalls uh, wherever you see him on social media and uh, and on facebook and with that i appreciate everybody's ears trust me and welcome to the first episode of how we doin <laughs> Sounds good right now. All right. Well, welcome uh, to the show here. We have an extraordinary fella who is brought back leadership to a small town, and he has quite a story we're going to get into. But uh, first things first, Gary Engels, how are we doing,
1: man? Good, man. Good, good, good. Good. Excited. Living a good life.
0: (laughs) Excited to talk to you. You're living right now in northern Wisconsin, and uh, you were raised there, Correct.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, born and raised here, yeah.
0: Yep, so your family uh, moved up there, or they were raised up there as well? How far back do your roots go?
1: Yeah, so my family moved up here from uh, Kenosha area. Right now, And with the intention of getting out of the city and uh, raising their kids uh, uh, in, in a small town and up, up and away from the city area. And yeah. uh, so I was born here and uh, kind of, you know, never really uh, experienced that, you know, living in the city and all the... Oh, yeah. The, the stories that they told me about that, you know, so I, yeah. Um, I I ended up moving away and living in the city and that for a little bit. Yeah. You got your taste. Yeah. Yeah. That. I had enough and decided this is where I wanted to raise my kids too. You <laughs> yeah. know, that's
0: funny. Cause, uh, you know, my, my parents moved to Northern Wisconsin. I was eight years old and they uh, bought a business up there and same thing. We're from Racine, Wisconsin. And oh, yeah. uh, my father grew up in Milwaukee and was a mechanic and moved up there and started a Marine. And, uh, great place to grow up as a kid you know my life yeah. went from really st- in a, in a, a a four block area in racine you know our little neighborhood to the whole world opened up in wisconsin you know throw a yep. kid a fishing pole and a bike or anything and you uh you have all your needs taken care of there so how was your childhood how would you rate it growing up in a small town now that you've kind of been around you've kind of seen a little bit of the world and you know how would yep. you rate it
1: man I I loved uh, you know the idea of man, my childhood was, was one of those things where the neighborhood kids you know we had to come back for dinner when the lights went out and the street lights went out a kind of thing and uh, we had that had that freedom and, and uh, you know on a dead end street kind of a thing you know and uh, loved that man love yeah. that and I got to got to grow up uh, you know that we did that for a while and then we also uh, we moved out in the sticks a little bit and so we lived out when I was like 12 we moved out in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of away from everything too. And, and that was a whole different experience too. It didn't have the, the friends right next door and all yeah. that, but that was a whole nother world, you know, the hunting and fishing and, yeah, you know, uh,
0: few people experience it.
1: Few yeah. Experience the Solitude, it. how quiet it is, you know, yeah. Yeah. and every time we go, we go to Hawaii, like every year right? we have in the last few years anyway. And, um, every time we come home, we, we forget how quiet it is here. You know, even Hawaii, even even all the all the noise, even the ocean and things like that. You know, there's just so much noise. And anytime we go visit a city, you know, stay in a hotel, or whatever, right? It's like there's always things going on. Yeah. And then every time we come home, you know, we, we get into our own bed, you know, and then we just lay there because it's like it's so quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. You forget that. that until you leave. You know, you you appreciate it. Yeah.
0: Well, my experience growing up in Monaco was, you know, in the '80s, it was. Boy, a lot of mayhem going on around there we got in as much trouble as we could oh yeah <laughs> but there was one um you know there was really one karate class that was in town and at that time i don't know if names ring a bell for you but the uh, you know buddy that i grew up with kurt wolf and adam wood these oh, yeah. guys were you know fantastic for their age. Yeah, Kurt, the, Kurt
1: Wolf was, I believe he was a teenager when I started training. I started training when I was five years old, but in the same class.
0: Yep. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so, you know, and he, uh, and Brad Brunch as well was, was fantastic in that class, but
1: yeah, you know, he, he won the
0: diamond nationals and was, he was fantastic. And I always, the way that, you know, there was a week of my life I spent with Kurt Wolf. My parents were gone and I got to see how he lived his life. And it was something that changed how i had functioned up to that point i was a freshman in high school and as soon as we got into his house we did i mean the shoes were not off and our book bags were open and he was getting his homework done he's yeah. like we, we get all this done right that right now discipline that, and then yeah. it was chores hey yeah. gary i i grew up with uh you know my father was uh you know always in the local bars he went from business to bars and came home you know and it, i was watching this father and mother who had taken this kid to a black belt level and he had so much things he did from the hours of you know by the time the bus dropped you off four thirty till 8 o'clock so much was packed into that time but all the goals were accomplished and, I, and that always just stuck in my head and i remember asking my parents to go and it was uh it was like yeah we can't afford that right now young man but i always respected the discipline that people like uh you know people like kurt and you have um and then as we move away, much like you, you know, I, I went to college in Oshkosh and went to the East Coast, and I'm living in Philadelphia right now. And um, the evolution of you know the Taekwondo to now, how prevalent Bra- Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is. Mm-hmm. It is uh, really, MMA has probably fueled that, but I think a lot of it's been fueled by community outreach, which, you guys are doing and bringing it to you know the 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 community the younger kids getting into jujitsu and the confidence can we talk about that for a minute and how you got started you know in jujitsu
1: yeah man so i started uh my school here 16 years ago Hmm. and uh, i was i was 23 years old and i was living in appleton at the time and and helping another guy run a school out there I, I, I found a job as a full-time martial arts instructor in appleton and you know growing up here all we ever had was like these small clubs yeah. you know that kind of thing yeah. you know, a couple of guys getting together and training and that yeah. kind of thing and there was never like a full-time school you know martial arts school i didn't even know that existed until I, I lived in appleton for a bit yeah and uh and so it was interesting was i was working there and kind of built up and got really good at uh you know the, the teaching and the running the school and that kind of stuff right and um, the the story goes that he offered me a, a position to be able to open a second school on the other side of Appleton, and it was going to be my school, and I was going to run it. And i have 23 years old, and it's like you know, guaranteed salary and all this yeah. kind of stuff, and these benefits, and I was, you know, it was amazing. You know, and I get to do what I love, right? I get to yeah. teach. And the the side of the story is is that there there were some some things that i didn't really agree with at the school at the time some um, business stuff that i you know just didn't match you know with with what i felt and and just Mm -hmm. something wasn't quite a fit Mm -hmm. and i think a big part of it was uh the city of appleton i would really be tying myself to the city if i were to take this you know and um i think that was a huge piece you know and i was kind of like really looking at uh, starting a family and that kind of thing and i was like is this where i want to start my family so anyway I, i quit you know, I had this huge opportunity, all this kind of stuff, and I just left and I moved back home.
0: What and, kind uh, of decision I, is that to make it? Man, I, you know, man, I,
1: there's a lot to it. There, there's a lot to it. And, and it's, uh, you know, more time than we have. You know? yeah, um, yeah. But the idea was that I, I moved back home you know, at, at 23 and just kind of said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, figure out the next step and we'll kind of, you know, see what, what's next. Mm-hmm. And, uh, ended up, uh, you know, uh, starting, I had some family that was kind of pushing me like, you should start your own school in Mm Monaco. And I was like, you know, it's, yeah, it's different in Appleton. The town is 70,000 people. Like we Mm -hmm. could make it work there, but you can't run a full-time martial arts school in Monaco. There's only, you know, a couple thousand people here. Right. So yeah there was just no way to make that happen. And, and I tried. I, I did everything I could to convince them that it was not possible. Mm-hmm. And they did everything to convince me that it was possible, you know, and essentially that they, they won, you know, and, yeah. uh, and I started the school. But when I started it, it was, uh, I called it Leadership Academy. Mm-hmm. And and the principle of that, when the idea of that was that, you know, we use the kicking and the punching and the martial arts and, you know, the, you know, the Taekwondo, karate, whatever, right, as a vehicle. Uh, to teach life skills, you know, especially with the kids that are going through our programs, the discipline, like you mentioned, yeah. the confidence, you know, the respect, uh, yeah. these, these skills that we use for the rest of our lives, right? I mean, you, you'd mentioned, you know, Curt and, and Brad, you know, I guarantee myself, I, we use these skills Every day, you know, I'm not I'm not out punching people every day, but I'm <laughs> yeah. using my martial arts every yeah. day. Right. Because yeah. it's the discipline. It's 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 that part of you that that core you know, It's very similar to the military. Right. Yeah. You, you come out of the military. You still have that discipline, that mm-hmm. structure. You know, it's it's there. Yeah. And so I called the school Leadership Academy because I wanted people enrolling uh, that were under the impression that were coming into the school not to learn how to you know, be this great fighter. Mm-hmm but how to, you know, come in and, and be the best version of themselves, mm-hmm. how to come in and learn success principles that um, you know, we're 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 taught as a result of learning to kick and punch. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that that was really what, where the school came from. Well, along those lines, uh, you know, a few years after running the school, uh, I I met an instructor, um, are you familiar with BJ Penn? Oh yeah. Um, bj bj penn uh his his first instructor was tom callos and uh, that was my instructor at the time and uh he flew us out we went out to hawaii uh to go train out there and so my instructor tom callos he was a taekwondo instructor he says uh you know you get in order to advance and rank and for you to get your next promotion you need to have an introduction to brazilian jiu-jitsu you have to train it right and i said okay i'll try it right And, uh, so I went into BJ Penn's school for the first time ever trying jujitsu <laughs> and just got choked out and, and, uh, you know, it's, these guys were, were beasts. Right. And, yeah. um, I'll, I'll never forget like uh, Kenan Cornelius was was there he was a purple belt at the time teaching class and now he's he's you know one world and all this kind of stuff is really cool but I just I got to be a part of that you know back in those days and it was just a brief thing you know yeah but it uh it stuck with me you know here I am you know I'm a black belt right and uh but when you get on the ground it's a different world right and, and it didn't matter right it didn't matter how great my sidekick was right yeah. you get in the ground you start grappling it's like yeah. you, you know it's like it's like a a lion that's thrown in the ocean with a bunch of sharks you know what i mean it's a good analogy yeah and so i i I was i was in love with jujitsu i had to learn this stuff right and so i went uh, you know a couple of different avenues and finally ended up uh through some connections in the martial arts industry um meeting uh hoist gracie and uh you know over over some time and some private lessons and things like this right hoist uh, with hoist you had private lessons yeah. Yeah. I've trained privately with Hoist. Yeah. And so uh, Hoist comes to our school here uh, once or twice a year now. Mm. And, uh, you know, he's, he'll be here actually in a couple of weeks in May 10th. Oh, uh, he'll goodness. be back here again.
0: Wow. I mean, in Monaco. I
1: mean, think of the small town, unbelievable. right?
0: Unbelievable.
1: So there's is, only, there's, there's like 50 something schools in the world that are Hoist Gracie schools. I just got you. And we've been honored to be one of them, you know, and yeah. that's just a, a, a uh, you know, I love I love the network. What HOIST stands for, and that was a big piece of that is you know kind of bringing it back full circle, mm-hmm. is the idea that I wanted to call this school Leadership Academy. I wanted to build the idea of teaching leadership principles, you yeah. know, and, and teaching leadership. Uh, but you know, you know, to to enroll kids into a classroom to sit there and talk about leadership, it's not yeah. the same thing. You got to do it. Mm-hmm. You got to take action. You yeah. can't learn jujitsu by reading about it in a book. You got to do it. You got to take action. And a big part of what HOIST is all about. Is that loyalty, right? Mm-hmm. Dedication. You you talk about all the principles of what a samurai you know lived by. You know those those core principles, right? It's uh, that's that's what Hoist's network is about, right? Yeah. And that's what I really connected with, and I love that idea. It's like you know, it's a self defense focused uh, program, you know, and and, and so. I, Man, I, I I'm blown away how how cool it is to be a part of that organization. You know, and um, yeah. I yeah, want always respect that. You know, so.
0: I'll I'll tell you this. I uh, I, well, I have chills from just that. I didn't. I had no idea you were um, training with with Ois Gracie. It was uh. I was a sophomore in college, so I'm in Ashgash. It was it was November, December, early December, November. There was a frat house above me. And we were below, you know, with the friends, and I heard all this ruckus. And I went up there, and it was these frat guys around this TV, and they were watching UFC uh, UFC One. And everybody was just mad, and, and they didn't know who I was. They're like, who? And I said, I, I came with Tony, and they're like, Tony, where is Tony? And I, I just, you know, stumbled. But I, I watched what he had done. Yeah, and this is the thing I want you to talk about here because this is what I think is so attractive for kids, and and, and this is what I talked to my daughter about. I'm trying to get my daughter into jujitsu. We roll yeah. around on the ground, and I, I show her how to give me a you know an armbar. And, and um, what you saw with Hoist Gracie at his size, due to these monsters. I mean the, that that card was stacked with Shamrock and and Pat Smith was that monster. You know karate guy. But what Hoist did at 180 pounds was completely take all of their defense, all their offense, and turn it right back into them. Talk talk about what jujitsu is versus taekwondo and just kind of where you can really benefit as just anybody. Anybody can benefit off that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So... They're two different vehicles Um, and when you talk about a lot of the things that you learn, discipline, respect, confidence, right, and and so on and so forth, they both teach that, Mm -hmm. you know, whether you're training in Taekwondo or Karate or or Jiu Jitsu. The the main difference, and and when I have somebody come into my program, because I I still teach a Taekwondo class and Mm -hmm. I I have a Jiu Jitsu class, right, I have both uh, here at my school. Yeah. So when somebody comes in and they're they're trying to understand the difference between the two, the best way that I could explain it is that, you know, Taekwondo is more of that, uh, you know, the traditional karate class where, you know, everybody's, you know, kicking the bag and, you know, the, the loud yell, the key up and, yeah. and that kind of thing. Right. And, and I love that, right. There, there's a lot of really good for that. There's a lot of kids, you know, that really benefit in that, that environment, mm-hmm. you know, in that kind of a, a training, mm-hmm. but I, I teach it as it's a sport right? It's a sport. Sure. And and, and Jitsu is our self-defense program. And so the, the question comes up, you know, it's like, okay, so boxing is boxing a fight or is it a sport? Yeah, it's a sport is wrestling a, yeah. a fight or is it a sport? Right. Mm-hmm. And the distinction is, is, you know, that there are rules. There's a time limit. There's a referee, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, boxing, you can't grab on, you know, you can't take the person down right uh, you can't bite them in the ear mm-hmm. <laughs> you know there's there's rules you know, there's things there's things that you just you can't do right you know in in wrestling you know and, and even the sport jiu-jitsu grappling tournaments right you know you can't punch mm-hmm. you can't you can't hit that person you know you can't slam them in the ground you know but in a real fight man there's no rules right that person yeah. is going to do anything and everything to win and some people say well that's cheating that's not fighting fair man there's no fair in a fight, <laughs> yeah. right correct you know that's that's the reality of the, the situation is you if you're not training for that you know you're you're not really training for a fight right and so mm-hmm. i look back at the years of my you know karate training when i was just a kid and uh you know and And growing up and through, you know, Taekwondo and all the tournaments and national tournaments and all that kind of stuff, and kind of took me all over and it was an amazing experience. Until I started training jujitsu, I didn't realize what, you know, what that real self-defense was, you know what I mean? And and that's the reality. It's like, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And, you know, part of that experience was getting, you know, choked out by, you know, uh, know, guys at BJ Penn School and all that kind of stuff, you know, just experiencing it. Like the only way to do it is you got to experience it. Yeah. Yeah. And the only way to experience it is you got to put yourself out there. And there's a, there's a place of going beyond that ego because it, it would have been very easy for me to live in my bubble of I'm a black belt. I don't need that. Yeah. Right. For sure. I mean, I, I've been a black belt since, you know, since a long, long time. Yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah. you know, teenager. And, uh, you know, and it was one of those things that, you know, it would have been very easy to just live on that pedestal and not look at the other side. And so to kind of open yourself up to what else is out there and take ego out of the picture and to understand that, you know, I want the best possible training for myself and Brian Snoodens. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, Hoist Gracie Jiu Jitsu. And that's really what um, what it comes back to is keeping people safe. Yeah. Hoist is really big into uh, law enforcement, yeah. um, military, because uh, they, they are the ones that really need this and use it the most. Right. I mean, on a daily basis, huh. you know, uh, they're, they're the ones that are going to use it. And so, you know, we have we have a lot of that that's really important to us. Um, strategy, person who wins in a fight has a better strategy. Something always talks about a lot, right? Um, his father was interviewed, uh, his father, Elio Gracie was interviewed one time and the question came up, it says, you know, when you get into the ring or when you get into a fight, what's your strategy? What are you thinking about in that fight? And he very calmly said, it's easy he Says to not lose, you know? <laughs> and so I think that's a brilliant and simplistic understanding of Mm jujitsu, in the sense of it is defense first, right, protecting yourself, learn to protect yourself, learn how to stop the fight, learn how to stop that person from hurting you. Mm -hmm. And then in that moment, that person's going to get frustrated, make a mistake, and you're there and ready to capitalize on it, you know, that's (laughs) jujitsu. And uh, it's it's a, a, a simple strategy, but incredibly effective. Yeah, right. And the only way to learn it is to do it, to get out there and try.
0: So, what have you seen from your students after they have accomplished you know levels and belts in in your program? What have you seen from these kids, from these people?
1: So uh, one story uh, that jumps out, is there's, there's several, and, and one that I think is a really simple example of what the training is and what it can do for people. guy mm-hmm. um, was 21 years old. And he had just taken a job as a a bouncer um, at the casino and some some kind of rough crowds out there and and that times, you know, and so he comes in and he was, uh, you know, wasn't a big guy, you know, he's kind of smaller, 21. Um, I I would say he's, you know, 180, 190, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. And he comes in and he's like you know basically like i i need to learn to defend myself i need to learn how to you know handle myself in these situations you know so you know when you know something happens you know i can Mm -hmm. i can protect myself in this this job you know and so he comes in and uh you know after about six months of training uh he called me at two in the morning and i was laying in bed with my my baby at the time it was my son and um i didn't answer the phone i'd (laughs) mute Yeah. (laughs) yeah I'm not going to answer the phone at two in the morning with my son laying there. I'm like, it can't be that important, you know. Um, so then he texts me and he says, "Hey, this guy's trying to fight me. I don't know what you know. What do I do?" And I and I message him back and I said, "You know, if you have time to call me and text me, I said this is not self defense. You yeah. <laughs> just get in your car and leave. Yeah. And it's not worth it, you know." Yeah. And uh, and so then I got the rest of the story the next morning. he tells me, says, "Okay, I tried to get in the car and leave, guy." came after me came followed me outside Mm -hmm. and uh he closed the car door wouldn't let me get in the car and leave and got in my face and then he swung a punch at me and he said man just like in class i ducked under the punch i got behind him i took him down to the ground i got on top in a mount position and just held the position and the guy after about 60 seconds you know he basically got winded from not being able to you know from being taken down to the ground and trying to get up and couldn't get up (laughs) <laughs> and uh got winded and I just basically gave up verbally tapped you get off yeah. I'm done I'm done please just get off get off yeah and that was the end of the fight it was really like a non-eventful mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, there was one punch thrown never connected yeah and and he was able to end the fight yeah and so the idea was you know the cops were never involved right there was no police report mm-hmm. and all the people that were there that were expecting this big brawl you know they're kind of disappointed you know that kind of thing it was <laughs> it was very non-eventful but <laughs> you couldn't ask for a better situation yeah. than than something like that because that exactly was it this trained. guy was 80 to 100 pounds bigger than he was mm-hmm. right and uh you know i mean if he connected that punch he's in trouble yeah but he yeah. knew what to look for he looked for you know the all the things that we teach and and you know yeah. just followed that plan that strategy to a T, Yeah. and it protected him you know the the follow-up to that story was uh, a couple weeks later I, he ran into him again and the the guy basically says, you know, listen, man, I, you were on top of me and you could have beaten me up like that ground and pound idea. Yeah. Right. I mean, you said, yeah. yeah, I know you could have beaten me up. And he's like, I appreciate you. You never threw a punch. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of respect for you. And I said, my girlfriend was there. I said, I had, you know, some, some other friends and stuff who were there, you know, and he's like, yeah. you know, you, you didn't embarrass me in front of all of them and I appreciate mm-hmm. that. You know, And they were, they became, you know, I don't know how close of friends they are, but you know, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're cool. You know, it's all good. Yeah. And, uh,
0: no, well now he has a lot of respect for him i think that's just what what, what you pointed to right there was the size difference and this is what we this is what i my, i talked to my son and my daughter about this and my my son you know we have the bags and everything else and he's gone to taekwondo and he, and he loves taekwondo but i just said you know this is what you need to watch about jujitsu i i'm 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 so excited to talk to you, Gary. I, we have so many yeah. friends in common. We've never met. It's amazing. But what, you know, Small I'm, world. I'm 46, yeah. so I'm probably out of my uh, jujitsu window for, for most regards, you know. But I would say, like, for my kids, I love the idea number one, of the discipline. But number two, my son is not going to be six foot five. Do you know? He's going to be 5'10, and he's already in Philadelphia in the school here. You know, he's run into these kids, and this is where I'm like, this is what you need to learn. This is, it's easier, strong. He's a, he's, he's a short, you know, strong kid. And it just, this is where it equals out the whole playing field. You know, jujitsu mm-hmm. doesn't matter if the guy's a boxer or anything else. You, it, the, 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 the playing field's level, no matter if he's 20 pounds heavier or 50 or 100 pounds heavier. I, that's, yeah. that's kind of what I love and admire about jujitsu because it's, uh, it, it's, it's, It seems to be. uh, uh, This is probably wrong, and I'll edit this if you want. But just seems like the most peaceful violence I've ever seen. You know, it's very. It can really be a a swarming, smothering practice that I think just. I don't know. I I, I'm, I'm hoping that my daughter really, will go to a couple classes and say, "This is what I like to do," because this is what I want to segue in. You have such a strong presence, uh, empowering women programs at, at the Leadership Academy. I see, um, uh, you know, the little kids that are, that are learning leadership at its core from you. And uh, I, I think the benefits are huge. But what are you seeing from just is it an explosion of more interest from women wanting to be able to defend themselves up there? Or how, how is that shaken out for your business?
1: Yeah, so there's definitely interest. I don't know if I would call it an explosion of interest mm-hmm. at all. It's uh, it's been pretty steady over the last few years. But okay. and we we have a, a rule in our household. I, my daughters are uh, nine and eleven, mm-hmm. and they're going to be going to be ten and twelve here very soon. Yeah. And we have a rule in our house that they have to earn their blue belt from Hoist Gracie before they can date. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> They, they know this and, and, and they already know it too, that hoist won't put a blue belt on them until they're 16 either. So I got a little, I got a few years, but, but, but the idea was that hoist has a famous quote, right? He says, uh, a black belt only covers two inches of your ass. You have to cover the rest, <laughs> right? I don't care what belt you are, right. You don't get into a fight with somebody and, and, and ask them, Hey, what belt are you? How much do you weigh? What weight class are you in? Right. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And so you need to defend yourself or you can't. I don't care if that person's a hundred pounds bigger than you or, you know, they're male or female or whatever. Right. You got to be able to protect yourself and so that's the reality of what this is and so you know like yes our women's you know uh, empowerment program our women's self-defense that you know that we have going on we have you know we have uh, our firearms classes that we you know uh, cover with that you know as a part of it it's a, a part of the self-defense conversation mm-hmm. and then obviously the unarmed too you know the whole yeah. hoist gracie curriculum mm-hmm. you know the we that we have it's designed to give somebody the answer And I want I want the women to have more answers than questions. Mm -hmm. right. I want everybody to have more more answers than questions. I want my daughters and my son to have more answers than questions when it comes to that fight. Mm -hmm. And the person who wins the fight has a better strategy who has more answers than questions. Right. That's the idea. Um, But one of the ways that I teach uh, that uh, when I do like an intro lesson Mm -hmm. is I ask them, hey, what's your first name? Eric, you know, yes, they know they don't have to think about it, right? Yeah. What's two plus two? Yeah, four. Four, right? Yeah. They don't think about it. It's yeah. automatic, it's in the front of their mind. It's not like they have to search back in there somewhere to mm-hmm. figure, you know, find the answer. And then I say, well, what's the answer? And I put my hands on their neck. Right. <laughs> it's like, uh, oh. yeah. you know, it's yeah. a freakout moment, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, And the idea is that in a self-defense situation, right, you don't have time to think. You don't have time to search your brain for the answer. You need the answer right now, just like two plus two. And so, you know, I go through them and then, and then I actually show them the answer to that. And over the course of that lesson, I ask them the same questions and then what's the answer? And I put my hands in the neck and they do it. They do yeah. the move and they escape. Yeah. And and that's, that's the core of what it is you know, self-defense is, is it needs yeah. to be an automatic response, mm-hmm. not a knee-jerk reaction to something, you know, where you have to figure it out in the spot. Mm-hmm. You should already have the answer to the question, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. man, that's great. That's great. Let, let me talk to you about really this, the move back to small town, Monaco, Northern Wisconsin. Thing. In that move, Gary, you're just you've you've stacked uh opportunities and professions on top of one another which i think man the inspiring thing about you is that you've gone there you've 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 taken your entrepreneurial spirit and you've just expanded and brought something completely new to the community i to be that kind of foundation there i think number one it's a commendable and respectable as it comes thank you but how what did you what was in your brain outside of just the leadership academy i mean how did you form the 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 classes with uh your business partner tom and how have you really with your family made the most of life up there you know i mean with the opportunities that are somewhat limited you've really expounded up there
1: Yeah, so let me let me clarify too. Is when I moved up here, you know, like I said, I left and I I I had no intention of starting the school moving back home. And when I started the school, I started building things out. That that same month that I started the school, I met my now wife, and she's my business partner, and she is uh, just. Just as much a part of this school and, and a driving force in the school as I am as the instructor. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's all of the behind the scenes stuff, all the, the working with the parents and the all the, the business stuff. She's got a business degree. I mean, I I, I couldn't do it without her. Yeah. That's and great. you'd mentioned Tom, and Tom is a partner in the all the firearms classes that we run. So it's a it's a portion a part of our our mm-hmm. class. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not a, a partner in Leadership Academy. i mean, yep. you know, so clear that. Yeah, you know, the, the that. partner partner yeah. in our in our firearms classes. So he's yep. he's really the driving force with all that. Um, the idea of, of piggybacking and stacking, uh, you know, ideas uh, on top of it another, is kind of just a natural progression in any business. You have to. Uh, adopt or adapt and and uh, kind of expand and uh, you, you're either growing or you're dying right <laughs> so yeah, yeah. you know when i first started the school it was i only had a taekwondo class that was it you know we started we started with i signed a a, a four-year lease uh with zero students <laughs> <laughs> I said, all right, let's go figure it out. Right. Yeah. And I, and I knew, you know, business-wise and I knew marketing and I had, you know, I have, a, you know, the marketing background and graphic design background. And I was like, okay, let's make it happen. So I made some flyers and just went out there and just made it happen. Yeah. And then over the years, you know, we started adding in, like I said, adding in jujitsu, cause I saw the benefit and the, the value in that. And, you know, adding in uh, my, my wife teaches the whole fitness program. So we have our group fitness classes there, you know, that that was, there was value in that. So we kind of yeah. added that in, you know, and, um, schedule has evolved all that kind of stuff you just adapt especially with the, the course of 2020 and this last <laughs> yeah. year you just you have to adapt or you die right yeah, yeah. um along those lines uh, I, I was just reading a, a martial arts industry stat and it was saying that 40 percent of martial arts schools across the country have closed mm-hmm. and and it's an amazing you know thing to kind of recognize you know right. that You know, there there's a lot more going on than just learning how to throw a kick and a punch and you know, being a great martial artist. You have to, you know, be a business person also and understand that and how to meet the needs of uh students and parents and families and community. And that's that's really what we've done as far as adapting, you know, and adding the firearms classes and adding these other things and jujitsu. It was just following the needs of the people that were, you know that we're servicing you know and 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 understanding and kind of talking to them you know having those you know deep conversations with the community and saying finding what what's important and what's needed and filling those needs yeah yeah
0: that's awesome outside of uh outside of voice as you know your your jujitsu mentor who who did you ever run across in life that you know you, you considered a great mentor got some great information or inspiration from
1: Yeah, you know, so my my first Taekwondo instructor, I was 14, um, kind of led me into a different path. You know, I started Taekwondo at 14 Mm -hmm. after a whole you know childhood of of karate training. I started that and that was uh, Dr. Guillermo Gonzalez. And uh, he was he was kind of that first, uh, you know, um, mentor in the martial arts industry, you know, for me and. When I. uh, moved away and moved on to college and things like that i kind of you know adopted a different path you know you talk about uh, mentors and, and uh, shane Tassel. uh master shane Tossel was another great instructor in appleton that i trained with mm-hmm. um, he he really was uh, huge and, and i learned so much from my time there uh, after i started leadership academy i started training with uh, master tom kalos and uh, he, you know, he was uh, living in Hawaii at the time and that was a connection with BJ Penn and, and that. Um, and then, you know, Tom uh, promoted me to, you know, my fourth degree um, you know, at one point and uh, you know, I, that was many, many years ago and I, you know, I have a lot of connection with Tom and uh, a lot of what Leadership Academy is all about is, is based on the teachings mm-hmm. of uh, Master Tom Kellos. Mm-hmm. Um Excellent. And you know, and then, and then, and then, moving forward, you know, spending time with Hoyce and, and Hoyce's influence has just been an incredible driving force in in molding the school and the curriculum and everything that we teach now into what it is. Yeah. And aligning ourselves with you know that greater vision, um, you have to. You know, in a small town, it's not just me. It's uh, you know, I get to be the the person that gets to you know tie belts on and you know kind of be there. But you know, there's there's a lot more going on, guys. You know, just. <laughs> yeah you know, small town you know kicking and punching bags and things like that you know i mean we're, yeah. we're connected with a, a huge network yeah. of instructors and, and i got to i got to write an ma success magazine for a while and things like that and, you know and i <laughs> you know, ran some consulting in the martial arts industry and, and, and that was all great and um, there's the international martial arts community that that we've been you know connected with mm-hmm. you know that there's so many great instructors in that that i get to you know network with and, mm-hmm. and that partly through hoist and through tom and yeah. yeah that's amazing you have to network the girl, man yeah
0: well i you're telling me about your mentors and i'm just thinking about how what what a, the amount of kids that are going to say gary was my mentor man this is this 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 is the man who started me on a path to a better life and a successful life and one that i carry myself with confidence Yeah. and i teach uh, uh my kids the respect that i learn and you're passing it down and breaking any cycles that you had and, uh, and making the best of it, man. That's,
1: I appreciate that. I, that's fantastic. I have to, I have to say that there's, there's a, a humbling experience with all that. When Hoyce when is asked, you know, this, this question, you know, about, you know, you know, all these people looking up to you and, and all the things that you did in the UFC and, and, and all this, right. He basically, his answer is always the same is that, you know, I'm just a product of my father's work. He says, <laughs> and and really the reality is hoist doesn't put himself up on that pedestal that, that way he looks at it like his father is his hero
0: yeah you
1: yeah. know and that's that's an important thing and I, you know i in the same way it's it's not about me and that's that's an important thing is you know we all stand on the shoulders of giants and our mentors yeah. and our heroes yeah. our heroes help us realize what we're capable of and they help drive us and push us to something bigger than than we were before right yeah. and that's Master Tom Kalos, right? I had, I sat down, had dinner with him, I shared a beer with him one night, you know, and we were talking and he's like, you know, everybody, everybody has a Tom in their life. And, you know, he's like, you and I are friends, you know, we share beers that everybody, everybody has a Tom in their life. Like, you know, that's important, but we all need a master Kalos. And he just <laughs> gives me that stare. And then we had like this, you know, this student teacher conversation. And then after that, you know, we, we, we went back to being friends, you know, but yeah. it's like wearing different hats mm-hmm. and, You know hoist is like that too he he can be he's a good friend but he's also he can be that instructor and that stern you know that person that i need that we all need we all need an instructor in our lives we all need that person that can drive us to greatness drive us to more Mm. we all have friends we all have people that we can hang out with Mm -hmm. we we don't all have that master teacher that can pull that extra little bit out of you you know that's gone all the great fighters
0: yeah they've gone down paths and have faced walls that we haven't been able to comprehend and uh and they've overcome it and those are those are great people to surround yourself with man that's that's an amazing story Gary I don't know what else I could uh possibly draw from you that has uh, not given me goosebumps right now you're just uh, like I said I'm I'm shocked we know as many people <laughs> and we've never met but uh this summer when I head up there for vacation I'm certainly going to walk into your place and uh, shake your hand cuz uh, I appreciate number one just what you're doing to the my heart is northern wisconsin and i when i look at you and you know look at what you're bringing to that community that can just do nothing but benefit from outside perspectives and new techniques of just living um it's a great thing so you know thanks for that and, and and appreciate the heck out of you let everybody know where they can get a hold of the leadership academy and and sign up and get some classes and get engaged yeah
1: it's uh it's woodruffmartialarts.com woodruffmartialarts.com so real easy and uh awesome, awesome. yeah appreciate you man appreciate the the time here this is great and uh yeah we'll have to get back on with uh with tom alborn
0: yeah yeah i want to hear some stories from you guys and uh I, I just, Again, I, I'm 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 thankful and I'm proud that people like you are are just going back to that town and making it better and helping kids, man. I you know my daughter is nine, my son's 13. There's no better thing than being a father. Yeah. Um, you know, and one of the greatest things Tom Alborn ever said to me and summed up things in a in a in a way that I've never forgotten. Tom Alborn was we were we were at a bar and he said two favorite words. Are just hey dad, and it, yeah. it the overwhelming sense that I had as a new father at that time of that conversation. And just I I couldn't put the the joy into words. And Tom Auburn back from Seal, you know, Seal operation over there. It said man, it's hey dad. It's two simple words, and I've never forgotten that. And uh, and I want to talk to him about all kinds of great things. of what you guys are bringing to the world, man. Because uh, yeah, this, wor- this yeah. world needs people like uh, like you that are bringing positivity and, and just a different perspective to the world. So thank you, Gary. Thank you for your time. I appreciate you. Sounds good, man. Thank you. I mean, how do you like them apples? That's Gary Engels. Make sure you go out and follow him on social media. And uh, if you're up there in northern Wisconsin, make sure you're checking out that Leadership Academy in Woodruff. And getting your kids enrolled, I'm telling you, there's nothing that's going to take them to the next level than meeting a guy like Gary Engels and uh, and getting them on the right track. Excellent conversation. Appreciate every second he spent with us. And also, make sure you guys are getting word out that on May 10th, Hoist Gracie, legend, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. This is just, it's so uncommon. Get there. Be a part of it. It's great stuff. Next week, we're going to be coming back with Jordan Smedberg. Shane, she has recently put together just a banger of a movie, and it is the Bat movie. A lot of us were on that club, and uh, it's got such a rich history. We're going to talk to her about all her travels. Coming from Illinois in the summers and uh, to living in a big city, to coming all the way back to northern Wisconsin, to putting this film together with her husband, starting a company, having kids, just uh, all the curveballs in life, and it's awesome. So we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to us on Anchor FM, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and letting everybody know by sharing, emailing, texting this podcast on to a friend. And uh, till then, be good to one another.